Hi, I'm Judy Carter, and this is the Power of Purpose podcast, where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love. I'm here with my buddy, Jason. Hi, Jason. How's it going, Judy? Oh, you know, what is it? I don't know, Wednesday, Tuesday, Saturday. I have no friggin' idea. (laughs) I have no friggin' idea. It's the quarantine. It's like mush. Everything is mush. There's sunlight. That's all I know. There's daylight, so I, I think I should be up. Yeah. And that's the extent of my knowledge. And 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 I feel like it's been in Los Angeles it's been so gorgeous outside mm. and it seems like the animals are giving us the finger. Like the I think I saw yeah. a bird give me the finger and go, "Ha ha, look at you. Look at mm. you all caged up like you caged up my sisters and brothers. How does it feel?" <laughs> I just feel exactly. like that. Anyway, so talking about stories last week um, oh, by the way, everybody, I just want to thank you so much for the wonderful reviews. You know, it's really yes. weird for somebody who's a performer to sit here. And I mean, I love you, Jason. I love talking to you. <laughs> and you're a good laugher. You got a good laugh. But, you know, it, it is hard not having feedback. Yeah. So when you write a review, it's like, oh, okay, we are doing something good. So thank you yeah, so there's much. There's an audience out there. They're out there and they're listening. Oh, come and on. Hopefully, getting something from this. <laughs> we're just like you. We also feel yeah. we're worthless pieces of shit. And so, right? So, I it just, <laughs> I'm just saying we're needy for reviews. All right. Anyway, yes. that's there it. There you go. Um, so, Jason, last week, uh, you weren't here, but we had Wendy Hammers and she talked yes, about fantastic. solo shows. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, every time I talk to somebody, they're telling me, oh, well, I've always wanted to write a memoir or I've, mm. oh, my God, my story. Boy, that, yeah. that would be quite a show. And mm. since we all have some quarantine, you know, in this time, I'm, first of all, it's really great to hear uh, Wendy talk about the nuts and bolts of how to produce a show. And mm-hmm. I thought we would like talk a little bit about giving people some inspiration to write their show because boy, that could sure, yep. if you're lost in your purpose for your life, you're going to discover it by examining yep. your life. And no better time now for examining the past when, you know, especially when your future it might be a little uncertain right now, you know, things are going to get better, but you don't know what kind of world we're going into. <laughs> right. It's a really great time to look back and reflect on the world you came from or what made you, you, you know, that's, and, that's a memoirs, yeah. autobiographies, one person shows. Oh, this is a great time for that kind of exploration. But that's a really good point. You have that the future is frightening. <laughs> it's frightening. I didn't say that as there was. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, uh, so no, no, but it is frightening. Um, okay. Um, and there's so much fear. I mean, you look just today. Now you thought the the Corona nineteen was 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 going to be bad for your health. Well, there's in India. It's a new strain that's like the Corona triple X gangsta you know <laughs> gangsta virus but and a boy that'll yeah yeah you're not gonna last yeah. like maybe two hours with you get you breathe that in and and so the future is uncertain is an understatement so what a good time to go back to your past and to examine it for clues to understand your purpose in life what do you think Oh, I love that. And 
I mean, memoirs are, are, are fantastic things because some, you know, you don't have to be some mega celebrity or some incredible personality or the, com the most recent term of influencer or whatever to have an interesting story to share that people will turn around and go, wow, that was motivational, inspirational. That changed my life. That changed my views. That changed my perspective. Because ultimately, you know, what is the point of a memoir? For some, it's recapping a celebrity's life just because it's crazy. Or for some people, it's to inspire others to show that I went from zero to hero or something like that. There's so many different reasons to document the intricacies of your life that and especially when you can take those intricacies and apply them to a message that serves other people. Well, you know? and, yes, and, that is the trick. Yeah. And and I think what you're saying um, is so true that, yeah, there'll be books that will sell um, um, and plays that people go to because, mm -hmm. you know, it's a celebrity. And yes, and 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 most of them are so bad because they're actresses yeah. <laughs> they're not writers and mm -hmm. you know their stories are all yeah mommy didn't love me daddy touched me and you know and but then i got an agent and got into you know and i got something yeah. and everything was fine and then i did this and then i did that and that's the problem with with, with some of these shows is that you know they're not well written but the beauty of it is, is that you really can, you know, if you can create quality in your life, you know, you could take your solo show and turn it into memoir. And so I want to talk about some of the techniques on, mm. on how to do that, because um, it's what I'm doing now. And I have a lot of ideas for myself. And I think if I share them with others um, and I forget them, maybe one of my listeners will go, oh, hey, weren't you <laughs> going to then um, do this as a uh, TV show? P pitch that. P oh, right. Oh, I forgot to do that. <laughs> right. Thank you for reminding yeah. me. So let's let's just let's just let's just talk about this. You know, okay. I'm fascinated. I've decided um, before the coronavirus that I want to do my own solo show. And I've been in throughout my entire career, I've been very inspired by people who do solo shows. And my first one that um, inspired me actually to write a play was Harvey Weinstein's Torch Song Trilogy. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And this was phenomenal. Uh, why? Because it was something you never, I hadn't heard before. I haven't heard the story of a drag queen or a man who lived as a drag queen, who was gay. It was such an honest portrayal of uh, a gay man, his relationship with his mother and his career going on drag and his life story. And it was done with such a cutting sense of humor that it, it was, it launched his career. He became, you know, huge, huge on Broadway. And, um, but more important than what it did for him was it inspired others because of the brutal honesty of it. And I think that's what we're all looking for, especially in this quarantine. We're looking to see something authentic, 
something yes. really real, something that's entertaining, that it's funny, and we're going to laugh at it, and, and something that just gets inside of us, touches our hearts, and, and makes us a better person. Now, I don't think that we can write these things thinking totally about the audience, you know? Yeah, that is true. That is absolutely true. You can't, you, you know, it, the big thing that I've noticed about solo shows that I've enjoyed, like uh, Letting Go of God or anything by Eric Bogosian and those types of things is they, they touch on something that is so true to their nature that they do not need you as an audience to be with them. They're almost like little mini documentaries to where it's like, I'm going to show you something that you probably don't know. So I can't, I can't make this based on whether you're going to like it or not. All I can do is offer up this new story and however you take it, you take it. And you have to have that kind of mentality when you're putting this stuff together, because when you start over analyzing, well, an audience may not really understand what it's like to be that. And they may not get this and they may not get that. No, da, 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 da. Yes, some of that stuff may need to be ironed out, but I, I would say, especially when you're first going about something solo, you need to concentrate more on the honesty and uh, vulnerability of it before you start thinking about the commercialization and audience right. know, so let's, let's, reaction let's, to it. I think in another podcast, I really would like mm -hmm. to talk about, okay, you've written your memoir, you've written your solo show, um, now what, right? And mm. and how can you monetize that? And how can, or you use it to expand your career? So I think mm. you're right. I think we shouldn't talk about that now. But stay tuned, everybody. Subscribe, and you'll get a notice when I talk about all those ideas of, of how to sell books and sell your show. Because well, let's not put the cart before the horse. You got to write the damn thing first. Yeah, <laughs> you got to write your... And so, first of all, I did mention that your show needs to be funny. And I want to mention one of the funniest solo shows I ever saw. Mm -hmm. um, it, it was about um, this woman, and then I'll reveal her name because you'll know who it is because it's so friggin' famous. But the reason I'm saying that this was the funniest show I ever um, saw, I want you to listen to what it's about. It's about a woman um, whose brother gets brain cancer. And the parents, they all come to live there um, while they're dealing with this situation that he actually ends up dying from. And at the same time, she gets ovarian cancer. Now, Jason, do you think that's a funny show? No, not at all. It was the funniest friggin' show I've ever seen. It was called And God Said Ha by Julia Sweeney. Yes. Okay, so that just says that if you are a funny person, and this is the best advice someone gave to me when I was on stage telling my stories, I, um, it was the uh, meeting planner said, we really liked this part when we got serious. And I go, but that wasn't that funny. Yeah, it was. What they liked about it was how real it was. And mm -hmm. she said to me, you know, Judy, you are a funny person. You don't have to try to be funny. So when I was trying to make people laugh, it, it brought my work, um, my, me down to m mediocre, I think, mm -hmm. you know, because yeah, it, yeah. 
And reality is always funnier than any contrivance. Yeah. Ever. So, you know, the, yeah. If, if you have a real situation with someone that you can look back at and laugh hysterically at, it's a, it's a much truer form of laughter and expression because it comes from someplace real than, Oh, well, what if I, yeah. you know, did a pratfall or what if I, you know, did this or what if I did that? You start adding all of this extra stuff. You know? Yes. And so I think everybody should rent her show. Um, and God said, ha by Julia Sweeney was on Saturday night live. And you will see a prime example. One of the, the best one solo shows. And she's, doing a work in progress here in LA and I saw her at the Growlings we had lunch together because she was really she's trying to do something um, <laughs> here's another funny topic rape and sexual harassment all right, all right. but in her yes. hand it's just amazing so mm. you're going to be really connecting to people's hearts when you connect your own so here's your first step your life you're not doing this show to tell people about your life, okay, where, oh, I'm going to start when I was five. Every time I see a woman who's like 70 on stage, she goes, when I was seven, I look at my watch and I think I'm going to be here a really long time. So here's the thing. What are you passionate about writing? What's something that you have to write? What's a story or even, I think, even better, what's a secret in your family that you need to expose? You need to tell people. You can't carry the burden of hiding this story anymore. People have to know. And just friggin' get the story out. Okay? Yes. Like, I'm going to give you guys a suggestion. Don't even worry if it's funny. Don't worry if, um, oh, well, in order to understand what happened here, they, they're, I need to, you know, people need to know what happened, you know, 10 years before. People need to happen when I was, you could put backstory in later. Yeah. Don't, because that means you're thinking like, oh, the audience won't understand this. So put backstory in later. But right now, what you need to focus on is that story. What is that story? And sometimes that story is, and, and I have this book out called The Message of You Journal, where I tell people to write everything, you know, what pissed them off today? Like what, because that always connects to a childhood thing. And that's an, an awakens a memory. And it's a great way to journal to find those memories. But here's the thing to you listeners who go, well, you know what? I'm not really a writer, Judy, and I'm certainly not going to do a solo show. Um, there's another reason to write this is that to really understand the purpose of your life and the contribution you've made, you've got to sometime in your life stop and look at the picture you've created. Look at the, mm -hmm. look at what you've woven. Look what you have created. That is your story. And that is the message you have. And I know so many people, um, I know a lot of people who are you know, over 60 and they want to leave their story to their grandchildren. And they actually dictate their story to someone and put it out and self-publish it and you know, give it out as a mm -hmm. Christmas gift. <laughs> 
I mean, there's so many reasons, but I think underneath that is that reason to have some kind of legacy in the world to make this shit show make sense. Absolutely. And the other thing about when you are telling your story is we all have a different lens in which we see our story. We all see it in a different way. And, you know, memory cannot be trusted. <laughs> Neither can emotions. So sometimes when you dig back into a story and you start going through and say, okay, let me just get down the points I want to get down. After you've got that all laid out, you can, you can now take a moment and go, all right, well, me just saying this or me just coming out and say, that might be boring. But if I change how I say it, if I, you know, do I take on a character? Do I take on uh, a, a different way of describing it? Suddenly, a story that seems very sort of simple and, you know, run of the mill becomes very interesting and very, you know, evocative when the way you tell it alters how people are the thing i'm thinking about most is uh the the latest sort of memoir i read was uh robert webb's how not to be a boy and i love robert webb i think he's hilarious but there were chapters in that book that things i have read in other books a million times in a row but how he went about describing it how he went about losing his mother how he went about things and how he how he took on almost like this sort of like second character who he could dialogue with, how he was able to do those. I mean, it broke me down to my core. There were chapters where I just had to close the book for a day and be like, I can't read anymore. I yeah. can't read anymore. It's hitting me too closely. You, it's, you know, I can't get my day going because I, I'm either going to do this all day or nothing. And it wasn't because he told me a story about his mom dying. It was how the lens he showed that to me. Yes. Through. Yes, absolutely. Because it's if you look at someone like David Sedaris, who's, mm. uh, I'm going to start taking his master class because he's amazing that he's someone that, you know, every day he goes out in the world and he carries his little book and he writes down snippets of dialogue, snippets of just things he hears. And then he, he turns some of them into these brilliant stories. And it's and such an example of taking the ordinary and making it extraordinary. And, um, and so here's, a way to get started on your story is to read some of these stories. Um, other people have written memoirs. Um, Glass Castle is a brilliant memoir of growing up in a highly dysfunctional family. You know, and it, and, it, and it starts, I'll never forget the start of it because it's such a great hook. And this is such a way to start a story is to do something current and, and then flashback. So she starts off with her, she's fancy New York editor of a fancy New York magazine. And she's out with her fancy friends and, you know, walking New York to go to a bar to have a drink. And they see a woman rummaging in the garbage can. And she goes, I, that's my mother. But I'm too, I'm not going, to, I'm going to not say anything. And it's like, holy shit. So the whole book, we're wondering, how did that happen? <laughs> you know, yeah. how do you survive a family and become successful when your mother ends up being homeless? And how come you're not helping her? And, and so many questions. And that propels the book forward. Another amazing book to read is called Running with Scissors. Or oh, fantastic anything, yeah. anything by Augustine Burroughs. Um, one of his, he, he has a story about his relationship with his father, not in that book, that's more about his mother, but um, where he starts the book about he's running and his 
father is running after him and he has a knife. And and then he starts the book about his childhood. I just went like, well, how did that get? How did that yeah. happen? What? And I am hooked. So you can use that, you know, that, that. In medias res. That, that, that well, yeah. the name of that technique is called in medias res. So you're starting in the middle of the story and then, and then going back. Yeah. And that is a great hook for, for memoirs, you know, because you want to, you need to hook up, especially if you're someone who's not a celebrity, who's not famous, you know, if it's not Bohemian Rhapsody or something like that, if you're just a person, you need to capture people with a, a moment that's going to make them ask questions and also make them want to learn more. And then you can go in. But if you start yes. dead day one, I was born in an old town and blah, blah, blah. There's no hook there. There's no reason that you're basically giving them a, a, a history lesson. You're not yeah. giving them a story. You know, you're really bad at this. If you just go, I need people to know my entire life chronologically. This happened, then this happened, then this happened. It's, it's like pick one thing. And and so this this is called your inciting incident. There's an incident that makes you, that triggers you. Like it could even be something that happened today that made you so upset. And if you dig down, you're going to find that story. And that's the story. And that's a great way to start writing. Um, so I'm... Um, What's going on with me is I, I was, you know, I almost got hit by a car last year, but, you know, I didn't. And, but what flashed through my head was, oh, my God, if I die, I didn't, I didn't write my, my story, right? Mm. And then I realized that it was, why am I waiting? I've been waiting and waiting. That's what we all do someday, someday, someday. And we never do it. And I just really felt of all the things I've done in my life, I, would, I will go to my grave regretting not getting this story out. Yeah. And I found it really difficult to write because there's something really scary about it. And that's another thing is to write. Very often the things we write about are too scary for even us and that's what makes them really hard and that's why you procrastinate and when you start off writing your story um it's just amazing it takes on a life of its own and you don't even realize yep you know so many things hidden and i had to wake up at 4 a.m to write mine just for like four to five go back to sleep i didn't even remember writing it and i just kept doing that because it was it was too scary. It was too painful. And and yeah. I could and, and it's a really good time to write because your critic's still asleep. He's like yeah. you know, <laughs> snoring. And my subconscious, my creativity is alive without that horrible critic saying, Nobody wanna hear about that. Why do you think you're yeah. so interesting? You're not that interesting. And without all those boy, this is stupid, you know, you're just another narcissist. And so um, to get up that early and just do it. And then it started to form. And once it started to form... Well, that's, that's a really great point right there, is that one thing about memoirs or, or solo shows and things like that is they evolve. They grow over time. They, they, if you can just... Like, if you can see the whole show in your head right now, beginning to end with, you know, no gaps or breaks, it's probably going to be a terrible show. Oh, yeah. But if, if your show is like, I want to tell this story and I want it to stay and, and you go in without the end in mind, which is very anti-Jason, if you listen to this podcast, going in with no idea how it's going to end or, or how the steps are going to go or what's going to happen. But the best 
the best shows that are solo performance come out of get birthed out of something like that yeah it's like running with scissors is is actually what it feels like when, when you do this so the next step in my process was i had all these uh, disjointed scenes that i wrote yes right and um and it 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 was really like i'm a big jigsaw fan um, because to me, it's writing your own show is like putting together a jigsaw puzzle, like one of those, you know, 5,000 pieces, and they're all sand and a gray sky. So <laughs> I, maybe there's like a, a turquoise chair sitting on the beach, and you can find those pieces really quickly. And then it takes forever to figure out what goes with what and, and how they fit together. So I spent like just you know, four hours a day writing this thing. And I went, okay, it's done. It's great. And I'm, I want to have a reading of it. And I thought like, okay. And I sent it to some people. They were, oh, yeah, it's great. And I did the reading and it was just didn't work. It didn't work. It was funny in parts, boring mostly, had no flow, had no rhythm. It was like I was so discouraged and... um at that reading and I worked so hard on it. I invited so many big shots because I thought like, okay, this is really it. And it wasn't. And then it took me maybe four more months to, excuse me, is to heal my wounds, lick my wounds and, and yeah. go, okay, it's a piece of shit. Oh, it's not. And after all of this, you know, and working with somebody who's producing it, um, um, it finally came together, maybe, and I'm going to have another reading of it. And then I realized, you know, you have to cut so much out when you do a show, and some of it's really important to you, but doesn't work with the story. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? That's the, well, that's you leading right into the thing, because, you know, once you have this hodgepodge of stories and things and emotions you want to get across, you have to sort of solidify that into a common theme. And you have to, so that an audience can stay with you. Because yeah, that's, what's it that's about? when you start considering your, your audiences. Because, it, you know, but we're, we're, we're really late in the process. And this is when we start thinking about our audience. This is about the time when you can do it. When you've got all the stories and all the messaging and the emotions and points you want to get across are all on paper. And now it's time, okay, what's the through line? What's the cohesive yes. element that brings this all together? And then once you have that... What darlings do I have to kill in order for that to work? Yes, and be we did a podcast and, on that. Kill yeah. your darlings. Well, mm -hmm. I didn't. Now, here's the here's the thing. Uh, for those of you who are interested in giving this a go, you don't know what it is you're writing. You just don't know. But once you get into the process, and you just keep doing it, it takes on a life of its own, and it's it's. It's a very dysfunctional relationship with my writing. Sometimes, you know, I'm abandoning it, you know, and sometimes I'm in love with it and sometimes I'm angry with it. And it's like a complete relationship with oh, yeah. the, the actual work. So, you know, after the reading, that was everybody's comment. Well, it was really funny and it was good, but what was it about? I have no idea. Yes. Okay, mm. and then I discovered what it was about and I could say in a sentence and it's a question and every show and every memoir needs to start off with you know with this in mind with really asking a question and then your character has to go through the show to find the answer 
So the question of my show became, can someone escape from their past to find love? Okay. So, you know, are the things that have happened to us in our lives going to stop us? And, you know, the things that trigger our anxiety and our shutdown and all of that. I mean, can we ever get past them? And and um, so I didn't know that was my show. But once maybe in the middle of the night, I woke up and I went, that's it. Mm. And then I rewrote it making that the story and that meant I had to cut out a lot but then it's become you know the whole notion of escape and that I was also a child magician and the whole notion of escaping from the bonds that tie us and then putting in magic and anyway it started like wow this really came together then the other idea came that well but there's so many stories I had to cut out to make this through line happen. There's so much in my life I'm not mentioning at all. Um, so much, you know. And then I went, oh, my God, that could be a memoir. There you go. So, well, that yeah. Was, that's the other thing, too, is if you, th- this is kind of the separation from, oh, well, books to movies anyways, or, or memoir to solo show, is that when you're writing a memoir, you can take that time and let people explore all these different facets of things. You still need to stay on theme. You still need to have a through line, but you can, you can reach out a little bit. The context doesn't have to be as direct. One of the worst things you can ever see is a solo show. That's way too long. That is like, I'm sorry. If you tell me you have a one person show and it's two hours, I'm not coming. I don't care if you're if they bring someone who I love back from the dead and they're like, hey, he's doing a two hour solo show. I'm not going. Okay. although wait a second. Wait a second. I'm going to I'm going to counter you on that. I mean, we went to see Eddie Izzard and he was on stage for two and a half different thing. Yeah. But Eddie Izzard is all about tangential things. That's the thing. He goes all over the place during the course. But that's a one person show. Yeah, but that's also stand up. That that's a that's a style of stand up that he has perfected. Let's just let me let me just put it this way. Let's take a look at Mike Birbiglia. Let's take a look at Mike Birbiglia, one of the most you know. Yeah, I saw his show. uh, Yeah, celebrated one person performers. His shows easily an hour, and they're wrapped up because he wants to take you on this journey, but he only wants to take you from A to B. He does not want to take you from A to B. Okay, that's a really good point. To, to this. So Eddie, on the other hand, he wants to take you from bananas to God to, to monkeys to yeah. doing car maintenance to this to that, because that is what you're expecting when you're coming in. And it took him year, decades to cultivate the audience that understood that. But you said you something know? really important with Mike uh, Big Biglia, that um, that his show was about a small portion of his life, one topic. Yes. And, and, and that's what I want to encourage people to think of doing multiple shows if you're going to do a one yes. per, a solo show because you can't, and I've tried this, I tried to pack every friggin' thing in my life into this one show and it just didn't work. Yeah. Even if the stories are amazing, it just doesn't work. So that can go in another show. But then this idea happened of, okay, 
what you know you skim the best you get that 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 story the beginning middle and end starts off asking a question the, the the character goes on a journey to find it there's so many stops in this journey and then mm-hmm. you know finds some kind of resolution or discovers something at the end but you know the classic hero's journey but a memoirs in book form you have more leeway. You have more stories. You have, mm-hmm. you have more of an opportunity to, you know, go into well. What what color was the grout when you were in that room yeah. with, with your mother <laughs> and died? How did that affect you emotionally? And, and then affect and, everything and yeah, later on? yeah, and then you could jump so much more back. Well, you know, and then there was my father's face when I was twelve, telling me. So I said to my husband, you know, I mean. You know, boom, 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 like that. In a book, you just have a little more, a little more leeway. And you know, I want to close this um, about because we're in a quarantine now, um, some more than others. But um, we're not yet, as of the point of this broadcast, out um, and and doing public shows and theaters are not open. So how do we express or do our solo show? Um, I don't. I think it's really, really great to do invitation-only readings on on mm. Zoom. And I say, okay, can everybody open their mics, please? Um, please turn them off if you have a crying baby or you have to have a phone conversation or something during this. But I'd like to hear your reaction. I'd like to feel your reaction. And then I also like to put it in gallery view so I can mm. see everyone's face. I can, I, I can pick up. And that's so important for me as a performer to play off the audience. And, and when they're laughing, to use that to propel myself further or when they're touched or just, you know, what, what sounds they make, what, what, whatever it is, it's so important to me. And um, we can still kind of have that in a quarantine. I know yeah. there's some plays being produced. A friend, I'm going to one on Zoom, when I say going to one, on, on Thursday um, at Jewish Women's Theater. They're having a friend of mine wrote a playwright. Um, Audie, Audie Ishman is a playwright I'd be kind of friends with online. And so we're, um, I'm gonna go see that and see what that's like, because so much of mm-hmm. it is being with an audience member. But yes. there's still things that you can do while you're trying to get good. And then you come out of this quarantine with a couple things. You come up with something that can be published or you come out of it with something that you can uh, do in a theater. And we'll talk about those opportunities in another podcast. But at the very least, you made a frickin' effort to examine your life and what you find when you examine your life might just be the answer you've been looking for your entire life. Actually, before we wrap up, I want to go back over all the steps because we went. We had some really great stuff in there that I want to okay. recap that everybody got. So number one, starting out, you want to be honest. You want to be truthful, authentic. I loved your thing about tell a story about exposing something about a story that you're scared to tell, but you just can't, you, you don't want to die without the story being told, you know? So you start there and that's a big window. That's a big, big open space for you to play in. Then 
get it down on paper. It does not have to, it can be disjointed. It doesn't need context. It doesn't need, but whatever that one story you need to tell needs to get out, get that down first. Don't worry about, well, they need to know this and they need to know about where I lived and how I grew up. Cut all that stuff out. Just get to the story. Then from that story, you're going to get other tangential stories, other important things. And you just keep putting, just keep hammering that out uh, you know, as you're writing, do you know, do not worry about, oh, will the audience get this? Oh, will this sell in Vegas? Oh, well, this blah, blah, blah. Forget all that stuff. Just get the stories down on some on paper, on your computer, however it is. Then you can take a step back and you can look at all of these different things and go, okay, what am I trying to say? What is my theme? What is my through line? How do these things fit together? On top of that, how can I make some of this stuff funny? <laughs> because you want to have some humor in there as well. You don't want to take people through an hour long slog of misery that doesn't really tell them anything. You want to find where the humor is naturally in that story. Don't try to contrive it. Life is funny. It will find a way. So you've gone through, you got all your, your things. Then you discover your theme and your through line and you start the first of your many rewrites. And those rewrites are going, okay, Here's my theme. Here's my stuff. I've added some stuff here. I'm making these stories connect. What do I have to kill? Which darlings do I have to kill now? What do I have to cut and get rid of so that it is a story that people will watch? And if you're writing a memoir, that's not so much. But if you're doing a one-person show that people are going to actually sit down and watch at a theater or online or whatever, you need. this is when you start considering your audience. They do not want to watch a six-hour epic about how you grew up from day one all the way till now. Don't turn it into a categorical, chronological list of events. You want to make sure that you have a very strong theme, and that theme is a question. And that question, and, the, and your, your memoir, your one-person show, whatever it may be, is the journey from that question to you as the person or character in that story finding the answer for themselves. So you've got all your stuff. You've got all your pieces. You put them together with theme. You clean it up you make it funny, you know, you, you get it going that way. You find out what that question is, what that overarching journey is to find that answer. And then that concludes with that answer. And so now you've got all the different elements of it. And then from there, once you've got to that piece, then you can decide, okay, this is going to be a memoir because I want to include all that contextual stuff that makes this stuff hit harder. Or maybe you'll say, no, this is a one person show. And, you know, I need to cut it down to, you know, a quick, you know, 50 minute or whatever it may be and just take a story from A to B or just you need to figure that out. The other thing, too, is if you have a bunch of stuff, which many people will because your life is complex and interesting and there's all sorts of stories, you could also take it and change it into, hey, maybe this would be a good sitcom and other stories could be other episodes or maybe it could be a series of things that I do or a series of solo shows or things like that. Regardless, whatever it is, you are going to be analyzing it very thoroughly and following all of those previous steps so that it becomes something that you can ultimately use. It becomes a foundational piece of material that can then get spun off to do, you know, any style or type of presentation.
If you would like to learn more about turning your purpose into a career, go to themessageofyou.com where I'll give you free access to my online course. Click the button in the top banner when you get there. If you'd like to learn more about what I'm doing, then go to judycarter.com. Thanks for listening and let's find your message and launch your career.